Hello, everyone. This is Carolyn Smith Mormon. I'm a licensed professional counselor speaking to you from the podcast Therapeutic Counseling here in Dallas, Texas. Well, we are just a few days before the Christmas holidays here in uh, the United States and elsewhere. So I wanted to kind of prep us for an upcoming event that I hope you'll take part in if it concerns you. It's called Dry January. So today's podcast is called Alcohol and Your Good Mental Health. So here we go. What is alcohol? Well, the main, the main psychoactive ingredient in alcohol is something called ethanol. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that's the stuff they put in gasoline too. Um, generally referred to as alcohol, ethanol is the substance that actually makes you drunk. It's produced by the yeast that digests sugar in certain carb-rich foods, such as grapes used to make wine, or grains used to make beer, or potatoes used to make vodka, and well, you see where we're going there. So alcohol is one of the most popular and easily accessible psychoactive substances in the world. It can have a powerful effect on your mood and mental state. By reducing self-consciousness and shyness, alcohol may encourage people to act without inhibition. And you may ask me, Hey, what's wrong with that? Well, a lot of things. At the same time, it can impair your good judgment and it promotes behavior in people that later on you may end up regretting. I don't know if you've ever gotten drunk before and you had to you know, live through someone telling you about all your bad behavior the night before. Some people tend to drink small amounts at a time Others tend to binge drink. Binge drinking involves drinking a large amount at a time to get drunk. Usually we consider binge drinking in the biz to be six or seven drinks on any one occasion. So let's really get into how uh, alcohol can affect your mental health. So the reason that we drink and the consequences of excessive drinking are often linked to our mental health. Mental health problems not only result from drinking too much alcohol, they can also be the reason that people start drinking too much to begin with. Um, a major re- reason that we that people drink alcohol is to immediately change our mood and our mental state. You see, alcohol can temporarily alleviate, alleviate feelings of anxiety and depression And people often use alcohol as a form of self-medication. It's an attempt to cheer yourself up quickly. uh, Or sometimes people think it helps them to sleep. But in fact, alcohol doesn't keep you in uh, good sleep. Drinking to deal with your difficult feelings or symptoms of mental illness is called self-medication by those of us in the mental health field. This is often why people with mental health problems drink, but it can also make any existing mental health problems worse. So, when it, you know, for example, if you do have anxiety and you drink before you go to a party, 
then what you may feel the next day is even more anxiety and, and maybe even a touch of depression thrown in just for good measure. Alcohol problems are more common among people with severe mental health problems. Now this doesn't mean that alcohol causes severe mental illness. Evidence shows that people who consume high amounts of alcohol are vulnerable to increased risk of developing mental health problems. And alcohol consumption can be a contributing factor to some mental health problems such as depression and anxiety. So how does it affect our mood? The, the most immediate way that drinking affects our mood is it lowers our inhibition. Um, typically excessive alcohol consumption means fewer personal constraints are in place. Additionally, alcohol can disrupt our body's ability to rest, resulting in our body needing to work harder to break down the alcohol that's in our system. And this is especially true for women. Alcohol is even tougher on women than it is on men. Alcohol depresses our central nervous system, and this can make our moods fluctuate. It also numbs our emotions so that we can avoid difficult issues in our life. Alcohol can also reveal or intensify our underlying feelings. It can bring about past memories of trauma. Uh, it can spark repressed feelings. These memories that alcohol can bring can be so powerful that they create in us an overwhelming feeling of anxiety, depression, and shame. Reli reliving these memories through alcohol can uh, make us even more uh, susceptible to becoming alcoholics. And it, it hurts our safety, our personal safety, as well as the safety of others. What about the after effects of alcohol on our mood? One of the main problems associated with using alcohol to deal with our mental health problems is that regular consumption of alcohol actually changes the chemistry in your brain. It decreases the levels of the brain's chemical serotonin. That's a key chemical in depression. So as a result of this depletion or running out of our serotonin, a cyclical process begins where one starts to drink to relieve depression, which then causes serotonin levels in the brain to be depleted, leading you to feel even more depressed. And then you get into a cycle of trying to medicate your depression. So I think it's pretty clear that from a mental health standpoint, alcohol, it's not your friend. Let's look at the other parts it plays on your body, which even though they are medical concerns in alcohol, they eventually can affect your mental health. So alcohol really affects your liver. And um, your liver is a remarkable organ and it handles hundreds of essential functions. It's, it's up there with your heart. Liver disease caused by alcohol consumption is known as alcoholic liver disease. There's something called fatty liver disease. Fatty liver disease develops in 90% of those people who drink 
more than a half an ounce of alcohol per day. The problem is fatty liver is symptomless, but it can also be reversed by giving up drinking. In heavy drinkers, binge drinking may cause your liver to become inflamed. In worst case scenarios, then the liver cells start to die and it gets replaced with scar tissue, which then leads to cirrhosis. Then cirrhosis is irreversible and it comes along with serious health problems, which is not going to help your mental health. So let's look at alcohol's impact on your brain. Excessive alcohol use can have adverse effects on your brain. Alcohol reduces communication between your brain cells, a short-term effect responsible for us feeling drunk. You, you Actually, your brain cells are not talking to each other. That's why you're drunk. Binge drinking can lead to blackout. And sometimes you literally blackout, and sometimes you just have extreme memory loss or amnesia during a heavy drinking episode. These effects are only temporary, but chronic alcohol abuse can permanently change your brain. I used to work at a place called Timberlawn here in Dallas. It was a lockdown mental health hospital. I worked at the addiction unit, so I know a lot about alcohol abuse. And I worked at the, um, the geriatric unit where people were 50 and above. And when people came into the geriatric unit and they were already in their 50s and they had uh, frontal lobal dementia, more often than not, it came connected to heavy alcohol use and abuse. In worst case scenarios, Severe alcohol-induced brain damage may impair your ability to lead an independent life. Okay, so let's talk about cancer. Uh, cancer is a serious disease where abnormal growth cells take place. Alcohol consumption is a risk factor for cancers of the mouth, throat, colon, breast, and liver. The cells lining your mouth and throat are very vulnerable to alcohol. I mean, think about it. Alcohol can clean things, and yet we're drinking it. We're putting it into our body. Even light alcohol consumption, and that means up to just one drink per day, is linked to a 20% increased risk of mouth and throat cancer. Your risk increases the more you consume. If you drink four drinks daily, you have five times the chance of getting mouth and throat cancer and breast, colon, and liver cancer. Let's talk about how alcohol abuse uh, plays around with our mental health and depression. People may start abusing alcohol because they are depressed or they are anxious, and then they become depressed by abusing alcohol and they move into a cycle of dependence on alcohol. Let's talk about alcohol uh, use and weight gain. Again, that, that messes with your mental health. Heavy drinking and beer are linked to increased weight gain, while moderate drinking and wine have been uh, linked to reduced weight gain. 
I personally have not seen moderate drinking and uh, weight loss. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read this again because I'm getting some information from Healthline. The evidence on alcohol and weight gain is mixed. Heavy drinking and beer are linked to increased weight gain, while moderate drinking and wine are linked to reduced weight gain and maybe even weight loss. Although what I was about to say is I've not seen too many people be heavy drinkers and have weight loss, but I suppose it happens. Also, let's look at alcohol consumption and heart disease. The um, research shows that your cholesterol levels, the good ones and the bad ones, are affected by alcohol usage. And then uh, the last thing I want to mention as far as how alcohol alcohol affects your um, physical health is even moderate alcohol consumption can increase your risk of type 2 diabetes because, of course, alcohol breaks down uh, and creates more blood sugar in your cells. So I want to talk about what I hope to challenge you to do. In a very short amount of time, we will have January 1st upon us and all the holiday parties will be behind us. I hope you will consider dry January. From my research, I have found that dry January started back in 2012 in the UK. I'm not sure that that's 100% true, but that's what my research showed. So here are some things that we know for sure can happen if you just stop drinking alcohol for one month. Dropping alcohol for one month can lower your blood pressure. It can improve your insulin resistance, so that keeps you from getting type 2 diabetes. It can decrease your weight and it can reduce your blood levels of a signaling protein that's linked to cancer. Um, Also being alcohol free, this came from WebMD, being alcohol free for 31 days shows us that we don't need to have alcohol to have fun, to relax, to socialize. It can help us for the rest of the year, even if all we do is take off just that one month. Because for the rest of the year, without even thinking, more than likely, you will make better decisions about your overall drinking. Surveys have shown that by taking dry January, 88% of participants save money. Okay, cha-ching, that's good. 71% have better sleep. 67% have more energy, and 58% actually lose weight by the end of dry January. So, have I challenged you? Am I able to challenge you to consider dry January? So, I also want to give you um, a little information on what is moderate drinking. If you come into... uh, If you see me for therapy, you probably already know all this that I'm about to tell you because I try to educate people uh, about what I'm about uh, to tell you about what is moderate drinking. All right, here's my little chart. So first of all, here's a regular sized beer. That's a 12 ounce regular beer. It has about 5% alcohol. That's considered one standard drink. 
than if you choose to drink malt liquor, a standard size drink is eight to nine ounces because that has 7% alcohol. If you drink wine, and this one is kind of startling for most of my uh, clients who drink wine, a five ounce glass of wine is a standard size drink because it has 12% alcohol in it. Go measure that in a wine glass one day so you can really eyeball what a standard size drink of wine is. And then a 1.5 ounce of uh, 80 proof spirits, which ends up being 40% alcohol, that is a standard drink. Now to let you know what moderate drinking is determined as by WebMD and by Healthline. Moderate drinking is one standard drink per day for a woman, two standard drinks per day for a man, while heavy drinking is defined as three drinks or more for women or four drinks or more for men. There are some drinking patterns that are really important, and that's binge drinking. Binge drinking is any time that you drink six to seven drinks at any one episode or, or more than that. Okay, I've educated you. I've challenged you. About four years ago, a dear family member decided to go sober. And when she went sober, my husband and I decided we would be in solidarity with her. And I'd say for the first year, I did not drink a drop. Um, since that time, I probably have averaged maybe two drinks of some, you know, like glass of wine per year. I think this year I might have only had one. Honestly, I can't remember. Maybe two. Um, and so I had to rethink how to have fun because all of my life going to a party meant having at least a drink before I went and then a drink or two when I was there. So I had to relearn how to go to a party because my natural inclination is to be a little bit of an introvert, especially in a party situation. So you will have to change the way you socialize, perhaps. It doesn't have to be a horrible change. It can actually be an enlightened change. I can honestly tell you, I don't miss alcohol anymore. I used to think, because I have some clients who tell me this, I used to think I was a happy drinker, you know? Like I didn't change personalities. I got happier, sillier, funnier. But somebody that I care about told me, that I actually was pretty sloppy when I started drinking and I and I said stuff that probably should have stayed in my mouth. They weren't necessarily mean-spirited things, but they weren't things I probably needed to be saying and would not have been saying had I not had liquid courage. So I want you to get serious and think about that. If I can't get you to take the challenge, I want you to at least pay attention during the month of January and look at your drinking habits. Talk to people, get them to be honest with you, especially people that love you, and talk to them about your drinking habits and what do they notice. As always, I wish you good health. 
Thank you for those of you who have listened and given me feedback. I appreciate that. Someone asked me the other day, uh, or they said, hey, I wanted to leave you a voicemail, but I didn't know how. So you can leave a voice text if you listen to this podcast on Spotify. I don't believe you can do it on the other platforms that I'm on. Well, here's to a happy holiday for you if you celebrate that. Merry Christmas for those of you who celebrate that. Happy Hanukkah for those of you who celebrate celebrate that. Happy Kwanzaa if you celebrate that. Happy life if you don't celebrate any of those things. And have great mental health. Make good choices. Until we meet again on this podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.